If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you. Hi, everyone. This is Melanie Johnson. All right. Thank you for joining us. Everyone's biggest hurdle is how in the heck do I sell more books? I get asked that by every client all the time. I get asked that by people who have authored books years ago. How do I sell more books? We have the answer today. So you're in the right place. We have Brian Judd with us. He's the executive director of APS, which is bookapss.org. And he's the founder of Book Selling University. And he is going to teach us some ways that you can sell not just a few books, but thousands of books. So Brian, thanks for coming. My pleasure, Melanie. I'm looking forward to talking with you. So tell me, how did you get started in this business and zone in on really the expertise of selling books? Oh, sure. I was in the corporate world and for a long time in marketing positions and was laid off my job and decided I wanted to try something different. How hard could it be to write a book? And so I learned that's the easy part. But what I did, I wrote a book about how to get a job, applying the principles of marketing to getting a job. And I just started selling that through bookstores. I thought that's the way you do it. And I learned about returns and large discounts. And I thought there's got to be a better way. So I thought, really asked myself an important question, Melanie. That is, who else can use the information in my book? And I was thinking that it could be college students. It could be people that are laid off. It could be corporate buyers. It could be state governments. So I started contacting these people directly and learned how to sell books in, in larger quantities, non-returnable. And for example, just there are 3,500 four-year colleges. I sold, I contacted each of those through a direct mail program and they each bought one. So I sold 3,500 books in the first two weeks and all, one at a time, but non-returnable, they paid the shipping for it. And it was just, I thought it's a lot better way to do it. So I started again thinking, who else needs the information in my book and how can I get that to them? So that, that was the, that's how I got my start. Basically applying the principles of marketing that I learned in the corporate world to learn to uh, selling books. I think that's brilliant because so many people get caught up in just the regular channels of Amazon and bookstores, and they don't think outside the box of how else can I do it? Who else needs my information? And then a lot of times, even if say, Hey, there's this other way, but you have to roll up your sleeves and do the work. Either you or you have to hire somebody to do it. Like, can you do that for me? Define like special sales for us and and how to increase these sales and bulk sales. Sure. How many hours do you want me to talk on that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really an important question to start off with, Melanie, because some people will define special sales as anything outside the bookstore. Mm -hmm. That doesn't say what it is. I I look at it, I break it down in two sections, two segments. One is retail and one's non-retail. So the retail could be including bookstores, but it could be airport stores or supermarkets or discount stores or warehouse clubs. So that's one one area. And then the other is non-retail, selling to corporations, to associations, to schools, to military, to the government. So there are really two different ways of selling. But once you learn that, well, selling to any retailer is the same as selling to a bookstore in the sense that you find a distributor, you find a wholesaler. And then the books are returnable and they're usually sold. If you want to sell 
10,000 books, you find 10,000 people that each buy one. So that's in non-retail, we have one person who could buy 10,000. So that's the, as you said before, you're doing the work. So it's most people will start on the retail side because they're already doing it. They're already selling through a distributor. So it's just a matter of finding a different distributor, one who sells to airport stores or to supermarkets, and then just build up that way. But remember, that requires that the, the author do the promotion of it. And that one, one key, really, Melanie, to both of those sections is to define your reader. Who's your target reader? Mm. Most times I ask my clients that, they'll say, everybody. And that's the worst answer that you could have. Is So it's the, if you define your reader, one of those is, who is it demographically? Is it upper income, lower income? Is it higher educated, lower educated, older, male, female? Then I'll give you an idea. If it's an older demographic, maybe you want to have a large print book. If it's a more higher economic demographic, maybe you'd be on cruise ships or lower demographic and discount stores. So that gives you a feel of where you need to sell your books. And then ask yourself, where do they buy books? Or if your target is a businesswoman who's traveling, then you might want to be in airport stores, maybe hotel gift shops. So then that, that's just a way that leads you to your, your distribution tactics. It, it leads you to which of these two major segments of which you'll sell your books. So defining your target reader is really a critical first step. And most people ignore that step. They just, they're just in tune with what they've written and assume everybody in the world wants it. Then I say, how do you contact everybody? And it yes. makes them pause. And so it's, but once you make that definition, you know who your target readers are, then you can move towards these ways of reaching them. And that's such a current theme throughout our summit here is know your target audience. And you really should know that even before you start to write the book, when you're thinking, I want to write the book, you should decide who that avatar is. We call it that one person and then branch out from there. And then it makes everything else easy. So if you start that with the book writing process, then you already have that with the intent of that in mind. And it almost sounds to me like, gosh, if you start with that in the beginning and you come up with these places while you're writing the book of where it could be distributed would be a great idea. So my question is, okay, so you get your target market and now you're, I have a list of places that I think would buy my book, but who do you contact? How do you find the right person? How do you market it and promote it to get people to buy it? That's a great question. In the retail sector, you can leave it up to the distributors. You find the distributors, they contact the buyer, the retailers for you. And it's important that when you contact a distributor, you don't just say, here's my book and here's, uh, here's some typical bookstore or non uh, retailers you could contact. Yeah. They need to tell the distributor what kind of promotion you're doing and why they should buy it. I think retailers are looking for three different pot buttons. They want store traffic. They want inventory turns and profit per square foot. If your book doesn't do it, that's off the shelf, returned, and something else goes on there. So you have to convince the distributor that your promotion will help these retailers attain those goals. So that when they put the book on the shelf, they know that you're out there promoting it, driving people into their store. So they get to get higher store traffic. They know that they get more people in the store. They're just going to buy your book. They'll buy other things. Now, is a distributor considered like Ingram that you're publishing through Ingram? Because they don't really promote your book. How do you find a distributor? That's, that's a great point. One thing you could ask, you can ask the people, you can go to an airport store, call an airport store, call a supermarket and ask them. And then you can find out who the distributors are. You can contact the, ask them is the best way. There's a, a reading group choices or choice books. I'm sorry. Choice books is one a wholesaler that would sell to supermarkets and to pharmacies. 
for example. So you have that in mind. So you get uh, Hudson books into airport stores. You see, you get uh, Ingram is actually into a lot of non-bookstore type segments. So if you have a distributor, you may already have access to these through Ingram. But if you don't just call the, uh, the warehouse club, call the discount store, ask who's the, your favorite distributor. If you have a book on nutrition, you go neutral books. And so the, the idea is that you find out by asking the people who they are, and they'll tell you that these people want them, they want good product, they want good inf- they want good items on their shelves. So they're very happy to, to work with you. And then you contact these distributors and you let them know the, the content, the information in your book, because that's what you're selling. You're not selling the, the physical book, you're selling the benefits of that. And so here's the promotion I'll be using. And then here's the, the benefits to these retailers. On the non-retail side, you're looking at the corporations or associations. Typically, the corporation has, and depending on the content, two different points of entry. One would be HR, the human resource people. If you have a book on motivation, a book on productivity, then you would contact these people. A book on a particular product, a particular market, or the benefits of it. You might go to a marketing manager, someone who's looking for a book to introduce a new product. It, a way you can do that, Melanie, for example, if you, for fiction works, you can sell fiction and nonfiction in both these areas. But we've sold books on fiction with to a corporation and using, instead of a generic name, use a, a branded product. You know, jumping Instead of jumping into a car, they jump into a BMW. <laughs> and then yeah. if BMW doesn't want to buy the book, you change the name to a Lexus or change it to a Chevy or whatever. But if you have the concept of product placement, then these companies will use it as a gift at the holiday periods, for example. But the, if you find out how they're going to use it, if you're contacting an association, what we'll do is we, there are several entry points there. One is the, the membership chair. That person's job is to increase membership, as you might yeah. surmise. So if they can, when people join the association or renew their membership, they get a free copy of a, your book as a thank you. If your content is associated with their, there's, the larger associations have a bookstore on their website. So you contact the bookstore manager, contact the meeting planner. If you're a speaker, then you contact the meeting planner. And then we set up for our clients ways of doing this where the, they set up a quarterly meeting or a annual meeting and they have you as a speaker. Now, if you sign up for that annual meeting two months in advance, the early bird special, they get a free copy of your book as a thank you. So that's working with a meeting planner that way. Or you might barter that sale for an exhibit at their event. And then look at all the different chapters. It may have a local chapter. You can go there to start off with and find out who the who the buyers are. In most cases, these associations have a list of the board of directors and the staff right on their website. Telephone numbers, email addresses, names. So you get that. Another technique is to go to the uh, newsletter editor. That person is looking for content every month or whatever frequency they need to produce a newsletter. So they're looking for content. So you allow them to excerpt X hundred words from your book for each issue or for maybe every other issue, perhaps, and barter that for a free ad in their newsletter. Month A, you get the, the ad. Month two, an excerpt. Month three, an article that you've written for them. Or month four, a review about your book. But each month, they're hitting directly your target readers. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from that third party. So it gives you a little bit more credibility that you are, because they have chosen your book, that it gives you, they're saying that it's a good product. So they can say, if you like this excerpt, go to our bookstore on our website. You can buy the complete book. So in, in schools, what we found 
is that not to sell to public schools or it's something that it's it just takes so, so long to get it and you may have to go to each individual school district in order to get your book as a text or as a as supplemental reading we suggest the department of defense runs about 200 schools outside the u.s so they're much more pliable, much more likely to, to accept a book. And these are K-12, to so you can have a wide variety of content for it. Homeschooling. Homeschooling is a big opportunity. It's growing now since the COVID, more people doing educating at home. So go to, what I like to do is start as high as possible. So go to the National Association of Homeschooling and get them to either, if they promote it down through their ranks, then they would get X percent per sale or as on their bookstore on, on their website. So they would get a percentage of the sale. Somehow where that association is benefited by the sale of your book, then you're much more likely to get it in there. But it, what I try to do is get the large quantity sales. So instead of selling 10,000 people to each buy one, you get the one person to buy the 10,000. That could be the, the association, the meeting planner, or it could be the membership chair, or it could be the homeschooling, National Homeschooling Association. It could in the military. They sell a lot of children's books, a lot of fiction. I sold a lot of my job search books to the military. It's interesting how I got into that melody. I got a call from a prison librarian one time. They said, you want to buy your job search book? I said, why? He said, people get out of prison. We want to make sure they're trained to get a job when they get out. And that made perfect sense. So I went to the National the Federal Bureau of Prison Libraries and sold 1,500 books to them for the different libraries. And I thought... Who else? Again, the guy question, who else is in a similar situation? The military. They're in there for X number of years. And when they get out, they need training how to get a job. The spouse of the military person changing jobs every couple of years would like information on that. So I sold a lot of books to the military once I thought about how it could be, how it would benefit them to use my information. And that, that's the key. Again, the Army Air Force Exchange Service, AAFES.com is the largest of the military exchanges. And so they sell children's books, they sell fiction, they sell books on how to get a job, personal finances. So it's not just books on military history, it's just a wide variety of books. So that, again, you're looking at who, why. Wow. All right. So you've given us so many different options and things, but then there's the trepidation of, do I pick up the phone and call these people? Do I send an email? What do I send them? What do they do next? That's a great point. First, what... It's a, what I, not what I call, but the term of prospecting that again, your target reader and you know the benefits to them. Now, who would be in that situation? So you can go to the directories or directories of variety of national wholesalers or a national manufacturers directory or New England manufacturers directory. And you go through that. And at that point, everybody's a suspect. <laughs> it's just a name. But if you can start to get these names and then qualify those which ones are large enough to buy these my books which is my does my content meet their where are they are they nearby so i can contact them directly or by phone so the idea is that you start to narrow these people down so they become from suspects and like into a funnel that you're qualifying them so that they will find those that are most likely to buy your product so and what i did and Trade shows are starting to come back now and in meetings and workshops. So if you can go to a go to a website called 10times, the number 10times.com, and that list, you can sort that geographically by industry. And so if you're in the in California, you can find those that are in your industry in California, or if you want to tra travel to New York or vice versa, you can do that. 
So you get these people to find out you've qualified them and then you can go to a trade show to, to reach a lot of buyers. That's, I do that for my clients or I tell my clients how, to, how they can do that. And they can go there and contact these people. Setting up meetings in advance is the best way to do it. Then you can reach, let's say, 20 people a day over a three-day conference. You can have a lot of some better meetings than others, but at least you're qualifying or you're disqualifying people there. So those are some ways to do that. So associations, there's an encyclopedia of associations to find people. But once you get to the names of prospects, what I do is call first to, is that person still there? I get a lot of mail to me to Brian Judd, J-U-D, where I spell it J-U-D. So those who sell, so I will ask, is Brian Judd still there? And how does Brian spell his last name or his first name? So then people are very usually open for that information. Typically, you'll get voicemail. And so what I've learned is to get a really quick 20, 30 second voicemail message. You're not trying to sell your whole book. You're trying to get them to call you back. So you follow the AIDA sequence, attention, interest, desire, and action. What's the attention getter? I've got some information that's helped companies like yours increase their sales by 50%. May I have 15 or five minutes of your time just to explain this and see if there's some way I can help you? Typically, you'll get a call. If you leave a message, I've got to sell 10,000 books so I can make my car payment. Uh, and that's how, obviously not going to say that, but sometimes it comes through that way. I've got the greatest book in the world. You've got to, you've got to see it. So what? And what's in it for me? So you lead off with that attention getter. And then you leave a good phone message, time to call, time zone, and the, uh, the phone number. So it's that, that's sequence. And then once you get somebody on the phone, then you use that same sequence. I've got some information that you don't want to say, I've written a book that will help because <laughs> that, boom, it they, they shuts them down. But I've got information that can help you as it's helped others increase the sales or increase productivity. We had a one client from this, one buyer from this process, we learned that they're, what they want to do is increase productivity. They want to decrease absenteeism. They want to decrease their healthcare costs. So we created a program in which we had a book on walking and they had 10,000 employees. So we set up a continuity program. Month one, each employee got a book on walking. Month two, each employee got a pedometer. Month three, a journal to keep track of their exercise. And they hired the author of the walking book to be a spokesperson for them. And he traveled around. They paid for him to fly around the country, their different locations, to talk about the benefits of a healthy lifestyle. And their absenteeism went down, productivity went up, and healthcare costs went down. So if you can find out what their pain points are, and then you show how your information or your idea, your program can help them reach their, solve their problems, that's a great technique. Well, one, one question I do ask these people, and I've got them on the line, I'll say, if you were to hire a new salesperson, a new marketing person today, what would you want that person to accomplish in the first 90 days? This and this. Now you've got their pain points. <laughs> you talk about how your information, your content, my job search information will help your students get a job. So when they graduate, so you can tell incoming freshmen that the likelihood of them getting a job is that 90% of your graduates, uh, students graduate with a job. So they're more likely to come to your school. So it reduces your acquisition cost. You get more, more high quality students. So I'm not telling them that they need to buy my book. I'm showing them how, here's how it will benefit you too for this information. So that's- I love it. Now, do you need to follow it up with some kind of media kit or one sheet on the book? So you've had the conversation and then what comes after that? It's, that's a great point. We want to be able to respond quickly. So if they say, well, yeah, send me some information. So you, if you, 
what I do is I say, let's agree on the, the subject line. It'll be a follow-up to our call today at, uh, at 10.15. Right. So that the recipient knows when they see that it's not just delete. It's something that I, yeah. so I ask for that. So you usually have a PDF that will have that information on it. So it's, but it's really critical to respond very quickly to that. One, one point also that I really tried to get across is to ask how they're going to use the book. For example, I had one state government would, they said that they love my job search book, but they said, we're not going to buy it. So why not? We do workshops every, whatever, every week. And if you have a perfect bound book, it doesn't lay flat. It just comes back up upon itself. So we just can't use your book. So I took it to Staples, cut off the binding, put a wire binding on it, took it back to them and said, now, how do you like it? I didn't say that. I brought the book back to them. I said, this is great. They put a standing order in for 8,000 books a quarter. And I never changed the word. I didn't change the cover. I didn't change the word. I just changed the binding of it because that's what they wanted. And I said, who's doing the workshops? Oh, we have a variety of people. Well, how about having the, the author run the workshops? So I got a job with, by presenting my own book as the textbook for this yeah. course. And so I took that same concept to other states and they loved it. So I was so, I just had this all set up. Then, you do, uh, oh, go ahead. I just to say, again, back to that job search concept that yeah. thinking about expanding your target market is that I thought, who wants a student to get a job more than the student does? Well, the parents. So I got a list of the parents of, of graduating college seniors that are direct mail program. So the, I had two books and a video at that time, a video about inter, job interviewing. And did a, I sold tens of thousands of these to these parents because they had the money, <laughs> the, the desire to get the kid out of the house. And so it was, I shouldn't phrase it that way, but, but it's something that it, I put a little teaser on the envelope to let them know they just spent $60,000 putting your kid through college. What's another $69.95? Like I didn't say it that way, but the point I got across to them. So defining that, that so these, you're thinking who is the, the buyer? Who could it be? And in what form do they want it? I found out that the college students didn't want to spend $14.95 for a book. So I took the chapters out, interviewing, on telephoning, on prospecting, and created little booklets from those, 32-page booklets, and sold those to the colleges. And if they, if they bought 10,000 of them, I had their college name printed on it. So they took these and they gave them to the students. So the students got the information without having to pay for it. The colleges got the information to the students, so they got a job more quickly, and I got paid. So it was a nice way, a nice way to have a win-win opportunity. Then I took that same concept and without changing or changing very few words, took that to state governments. And when people applied for their unemployment benefits in Connecticut, for example, they got a packet of eight of my booklets and they had to watch the video that I had on job interviewing. So I took that to other states. So the idea is that you create a a package that works for one company, one association, one state, and take that to others. And with comp companies, you have to be more careful because you don't want to go to competitive companies, but for job for state governments, they don't care about that. Then I thought, who wants, looking at the Hispanic uh, opportunity, there was no job search information at that time for a Hispanic segment. So I had my book translated into Spanish. And that opened up a lot of opportunities, but I don't speak Spanish. I had to find somebody else to do the promotion for me. But it, so it, it's other challenges, but I don't speak Spanish, but I learned the definition of one word in Spanish, uh, manana. Yeah. Uh, when, when will my translation be done? <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. yeah well, I, actually, I learned that it doesn't mean tomorrow. It means not today. 
Oh. <laughs> There's a big difference in, in the definition of manana. <laughs> so, now you're talking about customizing this book in a way, like it may have a company name on it, a school name or things like that. So in print on demand has become the new way to buy books and things like that. Are you having to go to a custom printer, a, cr- a custom distributor to order 8,000, 10,000 books that have a school name on it? How are you doing that and getting it shipped out? Oh, sure. Great question. There are several printers that will, can do short run and long run. Typically, there's I get about 700 that goes go from print on from digital printing to offset printing. So I find a printer who can do both. But you find these printers can typically the author the client does not have to touch the books. You just call the printer and then you would say place the logo right in this area which you've already agreed upon. So print up one book, send that to the customer. Is this what you where you wanted your logo or a tip in page? And then they approve it. Then you hit the button to print 10,000. And then the printer ships it directly to the buyer. And the buyers pay the shipping so that you really don't have to touch the books. And a lot of people like that. You don't have to create any inventory in advance because you're customizing it. And so there's no reason to have anything up front because if you want to put that logo on there or maybe it'll be on the spine or the rear cover or the message from the president on the first page. So the books are customized. You get paid 50% or X percent up front. So you're not out of pocket. They pay the shipping charges before the books are shipped. So you're, you've made your money before the books are even shipped. But makes it simple because some people think still old school that, okay, Amazon carries it there, but then how do I do this? Am I going to have thousands of books in my garage that I have to ship out? So that's good to know. It sounds like you have sold thousands of this jobs book. How many how many do you think you've sold of that to all these different places? Oh, with about 2 million, with the, including the booklets, more than that, because the, probably closer to three in the sense that with the booklets, and this is an important point, Melanie, that, that in the booklets, I was, authors think that I have to add a lot of margin on my books because I spent so much time writing this, that these people owe me money. Yeah. I marked it up, but I added about 10 cents on the printing cost of the booklet. But I sold 2 million of them. So that's 2 million times 10 cents. It adds up. If I had tried to get a dollar more per booklet, I might have sold 10,000 or something. But so not. But the idea is that you're not trying to, you're trying to maximize the total revenue for the sale, not for each book. So that, that, become, that comes in part of the negotiation based upon the quantity. If they order 10,000 books, maybe it might add a dollar to it or something, whatever. If it's order 1,000 books, maybe order $2 or 250 But the discount that you provide is based upon the quantity, which gets them to order more. Because you order 500 books at $5 each or 1,000 books at 250 each, and it's the same price, same $2,500, but you have 500 more books. So it's a quantity is the printing prices are based on quantity. But if you find the, my association of publishers for special sales, as you said, the bookapps.org lists recommended suppliers and right on the website. So it's not been something that you can go there and find these printers who can print 10, 10 or 10,000 of mm-hmm. your books for you. So it's something that the more that you can work with the printers, that they work with you and then they know that they have all your files on hand. So you just tell them to print another X thousand and ship them here. And then all they do is just push the button and get the printers running. 
So it's the first one is the most difficult, as you alluded to before, that picking up that 200 pound phone and trying to call somebody the first couple of times that you have to get past that. But once you start getting some people talking, getting some interest and getting the sale, you get that momentum going and you really then just can't wait to make the next call. And it's and the more that you can going back to your first question, the more that you can can qualify these buyers in that funnel the more likely you are to talk to interested people. So you're not spending a lot of time, difference of action and accomplishment. You can be busy calling people, but not accomplishing anything. But if you can narrow that down, so you're calling to prospective buyers on a regular basis, then you can uh, you can have some fun and make a lot of money at the same time. Like anything else, it's about taking action and following through and they might be interested, but if you don't call them back again or make sure they got the email and they opened it, then, you know, you're not going to have any sales. I like, you have to have some sort of persistence to do it and coming up with that list and going to like the 10 times.com and getting some of these people. I kind of want to jump back to the pricing thing again, but author will be like, I sell my book on Amazon for $10, my paperback and, but they're making about $2 and 50 cents. And so you're like, okay, maybe you'll just make a dollar or, but you're going to sell all of these. And one thing we're big on making you a bestseller, but these books, I believe when you're selling in bulk quantity, they're like, does it help my rate on Amazon go up because I'm going to sell those books? Yeah. That's, that is a key question that it doesn't, they typically don't apply to bestseller status, but if you can, we're setting up a bank wants to thank its customers, its prospects, its employees. So we're setting up a branded bookstore for this bank and we're running the back office for it. We're setting up with books, eBooks. They give out these one-time use codes and they would, people go, the prospect comes into the bank, here's a card, go to our bookstore and download any book you want for free. And you can set something like that up with printed books and run it through a local bookstore. So that the people go there, that the bookstore, if it's a local audience, that they could go there and they could give this one-time use card to this bookstore. And then they, you pay them in advance for these downloads or not downloads in this printed book. So that way you can get bestseller status for it, but it's more laborious to doing that. But you can set it up. But I think that if you're just looking at the, you can make more money selling this is the Judd theory on this, but I think you can make more money selling in large quantity than you would just getting on the bestseller list. Obviously, you get more status from being on the bestseller list, but what do you want from your book? Do you want status or do you want revenue? And I think that you can get some on these recurring orders, like that state that ordered the 8,000 books a quarter. I took that to other states and just they just kept, it kept building up. And so I think... To me, I was not enamored with getting on the bestseller list. I was more enamored with making a lot of money. And think about it this way. If you have a back end to your book, if it's a leadership book and you're a consultant and a speaker, the more hands that book gets into, the more clients you're going to get. You know, you might say, okay, I only made a dollar a book to 8,000 books. You made $8,000, but of those 8,000 people, how many of them may buy your higher ticket item, whether it's a digital course or it's one-on-one and you're going to make that exponentially just by doing that. You brought up a good point about the ebook and I don't know if you're doing this or not, but I have heard about doing bulk ebook sales. They get links to the ebook and, and you can do bulk sales, not just with paperback or hardback, but you can also do bulk ebook sales. Oh yeah, again, the, that, the, the bank is an example of that. And one time went to a, a company at, 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 for a trade show and they said uh, the typical question would be the 
buyer would say to the author, tell me about your book. It's six by nine, 250 pages, great testimonials. Look at all these awards, photographs throughout. And it's only $14.95. You buy 10,000 today, I'll give you 50% off. How many do you want? None. But now I so say that this is an example of selling the eBooks. I think say to the, uh, the buyer, the buyer says, tell me about your book. Sure. May I ask you a couple of questions first? Sure. Have you ever used books as a promotional item before? No, we haven't. What do you use? We use coffee mugs. How do you use those? We go to trade shows and somebody comes to our booth. We give them a coffee mug. Don't a lot of other people have coffee mugs too? Yeah, ours is best. It's got our logo on it. Do you have to store those? Yeah, sure. Do you ship them to each show? Yeah. Do they ever break? Yeah. How many do you normally buy? We buy 5,000 at a time. So now what do you know? You know that they have problems or costs for storage for transportation, for breakage. They want a unique gift at a trade show and their budget is $15,000 because they buy 5,000 $3 coffee mugs at a time. So we went to this company and showed them how they can use that one-time use codes for eBooks. Now even them a choice of different books. Somebody comes to your booth. Oh, thanks very much for coming here. Just as a thank you for just for being here, just take one of these cards and whatever book of these eBooks you want, then you go here and you can download it for free. So they had a solved all their problems and one one just by asking a couple of questions but the so that brought the ebooks uh, into, into that into that negotiation so for the bank setting up that where they downloaded their objective was to help their prospect their customers their employees and get more prospects into the bank that they chose by this bookstore we're setting up for them so ebooks can work it's it's works it works for fiction works for nonfiction. and you know what we did at a trade show we did a qr code so we had a big QR code on our banner that you could just say, instead of having to even have the paper, hey, we're giving you this book, just scan the QR code and you'll the book will go right to you. That's a great so, idea. And you can capture their information that way. So you yeah. can do it both ways. Sure. This has been a huge amount of information on bulk sales. I'm sure we could go a whole hour on this. I just want to thank you so much, Brian. I want to ask you a couple more questions. Where do you see the future of bulk buying? Of, I think it's in, in special sales. I think you say bulk, a bulk or book or book, book, book buying. Yeah, book, book buying and selling. Book buying in bulk. If you, yeah, is, yeah. I That's think what I was trying to say. Okay, no. <laughs> but I think that it is. I think that retail is just it's very expensive. It's something that is returnable, and more and more people realize that there are ways of selling books to non-retail buyers in large quantities, non-returnable, where they pay the shipping charges. That I think that it's going to be more. In that area, the publishers, we, I work with a lot of publishers because they want to sell retail. They want to get involved with non-retail. They don't know how to get involved with non-retail. So I yeah. do that function for them. So they're mutually exclusive, but, but together they create a larger opportunity for them. So publishers are starting to realize the opportunity in particularly non-retail, but also retail special sales. And I just think that it's going there once more people get involved with or understand how to use ebooks, audio books, that it creates even more opportunities. But I think that people have to realize that if they want to sell more, if they sell more books, they want, if they want to make more money and you know, stop selling your books. Sometimes it gets attention that say you want to sell what the book does, not what it is, but what it does and how it helps the buyers. So the more people I think understand that, the more that they can make that first sale and get some momentum going, understand that if they don't 
want to do it themselves or people can do it for them. I do that for people that they don't want to, they don't like to, they don't want to, they don't have the skills, they don't have the time to pick up that phone to call a buyer. I do it for them. So it's something that if there's a, a will, there's a way that if you want to find out if you don't want to, if you want to make a lot of money selling books to non-retail buyers, you can do that, but you don't have to do it yourself. If you find a way. If you, so I think that once people see an opportunity, Melanie, to get back to your original question, I think that it's the they'll see the opportunity for special sales and then we'll grow our, my association is growing regularly because people understand that it is a, a, not the wave of the future, but I think it is. It's the way people will be selling books in the future. Yeah, I love that. How do you see the publishing world in general in the future over the next five to 10 years? Wow, that's an interesting question. I think that it's going to be more consolidation. I think that people will realize that it's not the number of books that you publish, it's the number of books that you sell makes a difference. So I think that they'll be more careful of the books that are being published. I think that there are too many not great books out there at this time, which are that I think will be creating a using the publisher as the credibility or the clearinghouse for like people will be more relying on the publisher's name. Because to get good quality of books out there, I think so. I think that the publisher will become more important to be more of a consolidation, and I think that these publishers who do survive would be more likely to grow in a variety of ways. All right. Now I know you have a bonus for the VIP area. What are you going to give us? I'll put out a quarterly catalog to salespeople that that sell books to these corporate buyers. And there's a one eighth page listing in that catalog. That's two hundred fifty dollars. I would offer it as a free, as a one time for one person. And others, if they want it, could be a fifty percent discount off that for a, a bonus. It would have us do the selling for you on a commission basis once that's over. It's a great commission. Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful bonus. Two hundred fifty dollar value right there. It's worth the worth the ticket of admission for VIP. Thank you so much, Brian. Oh my, my gosh, pleasure, I just, I'm going to go back and be taking notes, listening to this again myself to take all the notes of everything that you wrote down. I already have a big page right here going of different notes that I took. So enjoyed having you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you.